So, when you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or your sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First, reconcile to your brother or sister. Then come and offer your gift. In the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. My friends, the gospel assigned for this morning is telling us about Jesus' teachings about anger, the relationship between children of God, and what we have to do when we want to offer gift to God, but we remember that our brother or sister has a word against us. In this sermon, I would like to focus on the part of what we have to do when we remember that our brother or sister has a word against us. The passage gives us three steps we should follow when, we, when the situation like this happens. First, leave your gift before the altar. Second, go and reconcile with your brother or your sister. And last, come back and offer your gift to God. Before we jump into these three steps, let us make sure that we are all on the same page of what Jesus means when he says, brother or sister, in this passage. Are these terms limited to brothers and sisters of the same family? Should I care when I am not in good terms with someone who is not my brother or my sister? I believe when Jesus says brother or sister does not mean only brother or sister with whom we share human parents. I believe the terms include everyone because we are all children of God. We are therefore brothers and sisters in Christ. The term brother or sister have also been used in other passages to mean everyone, such as 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, where Paul says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. Also, the gospel according to Mark, chapter 3, verse 35, Jesus himself says, Whoever does the will of God is my brother and my sister and my mother. Therefore, when Jesus says that when you remember that your brother or your sister has a, has a word against you, he indeed means anyone who has something against you. Now, after we have solved this, let us see what Jesus wants us to do when we remember that someone has a word against us. The first step, Jesus says, you should leave your gift before the 
altar. My brothers, sisters, and siblings in Christ, please take a note here that Jesus is not saying that if you remember that your brother or your sister has something against you, you should take your gift back home with you. No. <laughs> he says, leave it before the altar. God would still be happy to receive your gift, but he wants us to first reconcile with our siblings. Secondly, after leaving your gift, you should go to whoever has a word against you and reconcile with them. This second point stresses the importance of brothers and sisters in Christ to be in good relationship with one another. Jesus knows that God would love to receive our gift, but having a good relationship with others is a must before giving our gift to God. Matthew, while writing this gospel, seemed to, seemed to pay attention on the point about community as raised by Jesus Christ. When he was writing this gospel, the community of believers were figuring out how to live together as a community after Jesus went back to heaven. This is still so relevant to us today. I don't know about you, my friends, but I am so saddened to see and hear the church which was expected to be a better example of God's love, grace, and mercy has been drastically distancing itself from being in a good relationship with one another a day after a day. It is so sad to see the community of believers focusing on the things that separate us, such as race, gender identity, sexual orientation, nationality, ethnicity, etc., etc., instead of focusing on the things we have in common and our common mission. My friends, human beings are created to complement each other. This is why no one can be good at everything. In Africa, there is a word which says Ubuntu, which means I am who I am because of you, and you are who you are because of me. In other words, we complement each other and we need each other. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. once said, we must learn to live together as brothers or perish together as fools. I am so saddened to see how phrases like, I am sorry, has recently been associated with being weak. When did this start? If saying I am sorry is considered a sign of weakness, what kind of society are we creating? 
I am worried and concerned for the world our children and grandchildren will live in. As a person who was born and raised in Africa, I sometimes admire the society our parents lived in. Yes, there was no Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, but there was strong unity in the society. There was no electricity, but there were campfires where families would gather together to share laughter and receive teachings from elders. There was no big development as we see today, but there was a moral and happy society. I don't know what is happening today, but in my opinion, I think the more we get development in the society, the more society is degrading morally and in relationships. We have been working so hard to make sure that we leave behind material things to sustain our families when we are gone, which is good. But have we ever considered leaving behind united, moral, and just society? It is obvious that we may leave behind millions of dollars, but if we do not leave behind moral and just society, all material things we leave behind will be useless. How can our families enjoy their inheritance in the unjust and unpeaceful society? I think the best inheritance we can leave behind is the united and moral society. My friends, this starts today. It starts by creating a good and healthy relationship with others and breaking all the boundaries that separate us. As church leaders, let us be good examples to those we are leading by being in peace with everyone. I encourage all of us this morning to be leaders who will not just show people the way to heaven, but enter with them. Let us not just walk the walk, but not just, not just talk the talk, but walk the walk. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14 says, Pursue peace with everyone and the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 22 says, On that day, many will say to me, Lord, did we not profess in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many deeds of power in your name? Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Go away from me, you evildoers. The third and last point, Jesus says, after we have reconciled with our brother and sister, we should come back to the altar 
and offer our gifts. Jesus, in this last point, reminds us that after reconciling with our brother or sister, we must remember to come back to the altar and finish the process of giving the gift to God. My friends, most of times when things are worse in our lives, we come to church to seek for God's intervention. But when things start to get better, we get excited and forget to come back to God and finish the process. When family vacation resumes, after 10 years of conflicts, we forget to come back to God and finish the process. When we get healed after being sick for years, we tend to forget to come back to God and finish the process. When we get our, our dream jobs, after doing hundreds of interviews, we tend to forget to come back and finish the process. And yes, when we graduate, after years of sweat and tears, we tend to forget to come back to the altar and finish the process. It is my humble prayer this morning that we will all remember to come back to the altar and finish the process. My brothers, sisters, and siblings in Christ, as we continue to walk in this Lenten season, a season of self-reflection, it is my humble prayer that we all be reminded that God is always happy to receive our gifts, but he wants us to have good relationship with our siblings first before offering our gifts. It is also my humble prayer that we all be vessels of good relationships in our communities. Amen. And let the church say, Amen.